Hello and welcome to the Messages and Methods Livecast Life 2.0 Livestream Podcast hosted by Encore Entrepreneurs, Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. We inspire excitement for content creation and marketing your brand and business while answering all your technology and digital marketing questions. Join us as we interview experts who share their knowledge and experience to provide actionable tips to land more clients, nurture leads, and position yourself as an expert in your industry. Chat with Shelly and Toby every Wednesday on YouTube or Facebook. Hello and welcome. It's great to be here. I'm Shelly Carney. And I'm Toby Yunus. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you'll take a moment to like, share, and subscribe this video with your family and friends. And remember that once this video is complete, it becomes a podcast. So uh, look for messages and the methods wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Just do a search. Yeah. If you do a Google search, podcasts show up on a Google search. We're everywhere, man. We are. We, we are everywhere. Yeah. That's important because then you can find us. All right. You ready to get started? Or do you have I'm any news? When you're ready get, I don't have any news. I was looking for something that would uh, would be good, and it all had to do with uh, drones and UFOs. So oh, I see. That's not a message. Is a message. Well, I, I can tell. What I did today was uh, listen to a a, uh, a seminar or webinar online that was put out by SCORE, S C O R E, the senior core of retired entrepreneurs, something like that. Um, anyway, they. They offer great information for small business owners. And this particular one was about what's coming for 2022. And Toby and I have been studying up on that because we're going to be doing a panel in January focused on what's coming to digital marketing in 2022. Look for that on January 19th. 19th. Uh -huh. uh, same time we do, or always do our messages and methods show. And we're going to have a panel of at least six other experts in digital marketing. We're going to talk about all those uh, great topics. So as I was listening to this uh, webinar put out by SCORE, I found that I agreed with most of the things that the woman was talking about, um, but it feels like she's saying 2022 is the year of transparency and authenticity. In order to reach that goal in online digital marketing, we need to do more live streaming. Yay. So uh, if you're interested in doing that yourself, please do get in touch with us at agkmedia.studio, and we would love to uh, speak more with you about that. Uh, but one of the things that she was talking about that I didn't agree with is she said, you know, the, 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 the place I want to go is um, – Clubhouse and TikTok. And I was like, well, that's okay if you're trying to speak to that demographic. But my parents are never going to be looking on TikTok for information. They're going to be looking on YouTube. So you have to take that with a grain of salt, you know, using what platforms you feel best reaches your audience. And today we're going to focus a little bit more on the podcasting platform because our guest today, Pam Nizel, is a podcaster, but she is also a documentary maker. So she has a lot of uh, experience in that field of video and uh, film. I do want to make a correction. I said senior core of retired entrepreneurs. It's not. It's senior core of retired executives. Yeah. 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 
Well, Pam, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. We have a lot to talk about because you have a really interesting background. So uh, let's start with um, what do you do now? And then we'll talk about how you got there. Well, thank you. And first, I want to thank you both for having me on. It's so nice to see you again. Um, I enjoy talking with you at She Podcast Live. And to come back and talk with you again is a real pleasure. Um, so the question is, what got me here? Well, let's start with where are you? And then let's ask what got you there? I am in Oakland, California. Mm -hmm. And um, if you want to know literally what got me here, I moved to the Bay Area as soon as I graduated from um, college, which was a very long time ago at this point. So it feels like home. I've lived here longer than any other place I've lived in my life. And um, specifically, if we want to talk about how I got to be here podcasting and talking to you, um, I started off as a filmmaker. And when I first came out, my idea was the only films I really thought about were narrative blockbuster films. And mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to work in that field as um, part of post-production sound crews. There was a lot of that being done in the late 80s and early 90s here in the Bay Area. We were sort of known for that. And I worked on some really big films and loved the people, loved the teamwork. Um, as I started to have, think about planning a family, though, it was really hard for me to imagine keeping up those sort of hours and that lifestyle. So I did sort of a pivot and I began teaching. And after teaching for a year, I decided I wanted to go back and get my MFA. And that's where I encountered documentary filmmaking. And once I made a documentary film, I really never went back to narrative. So that I would say documentary filmmaking to me is sort of a natural tie-in to podcasting. And in 2020, when everybody was sheltering in place and staying at home, I did one small film at the beginning of the pandemic. I was involved with another larger film and it just was too difficult. That fell through and I just really wanted some way to keep that connection because what I loved about documentary filmmaking was that you encounter many different people. You get to ask them about themselves and you have an excuse to sit there and hear their stories. And to me, podcasting felt like the next best step. I knew a couple of artists who were really inspiring me. So I thought I'm going to make a podcast about artists. Well, uh, it's amazing to hear you say all of what you just said about documentary filmmaking, because that's been my experience. Um, and I spent a 35-year career uh, doing both photographic and cinema cinematic documentaries mm. uh, on behalf of the United States federal government. Um, and once I retired, I, I had thought, well, there's no more opportunity for me in this field you know, I've done what I needed to do and met a woman whose name is Janet Bridger. She's the president of Earth Alert. And we did two documentaries with her. Hmm. Uh, and then we've done a number of small documentaries. But there was a point, a conclusion that I came to was the same place that you're at, which is this is a lot of effort. And especially with <laughs> the pandemic, you know, with the, with the inception of the pandemic, 
it can be a dangerous effort, you know, to be right. out in the field and talking to dozens uh, of people. And so that's where we felt like live streaming could make an impact on how you storytell. And the documentary is really a series of short, you know, in your case, uh, art heals all wounds with your discussions with artists. So um, it sounds like uh, you and we have come to the same conclusion about how to use these tools and how they support our own desires when it comes to things like filmmaking and documentary making. We have a, a big filmmaking community here in Albuquerque and uh, a lot of friends and it's a great community and uh, we miss it. You know, we yeah. miss being around them. Uh, but this gives us the opportunity to kind of do what we want. So I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you're getting to do what you want. So you, where did you get your BFA? Um, it was a Bachelor of Arts from Brown University, and it was in semiotics, which was a big thing in the 80s. And in fact, the year I was graduating, I think they changed the name to Modern Culture and Media. And then, you know, I took, I don't even know, I took nine years off before I went back and got my MFA. And that came from where? San Francisco State University. Oh. Yeah, close to home. I do want to say before we go further, I want to give a shout out. Um, I have a brother who works in the film industry in Albuquerque. His name is James Smiley, and he's also a podcaster of a podcast called oh. 10 Drink Minimum. So hmm. he's um, he is there working in the film industry that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Well, we will look him up, see if we can find him. Yeah. What, what did you say the name of his podcast was? 10 Drink Minimum. 10 Drink Minimum. It's what a live that? podcast in the same way that similar way that yours is. It's it uh -huh. streams. Oh, I see. Well, maybe we could get in touch with them and have them on the show. Yeah, oh, that'd be great. Yeah. 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 Brother sister team here. Shelly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's talk a little about the last year. How is 2021 in general for artists and specifically for you? That's such a great question because I think it would be really easy to say it was terrible. You know, a lot of what artists are used to crumbled in 2020, which was um, exhibitions and live audiences and things like that. And that for sure yanked the rug out from everybody. But what I saw, which was also what made me want to do the podcast was the most incredibly creative pivots for artists in using um, online platforms, streaming, you know, even Zoom to continue practicing their art. And that shouldn't have been a surprise to me because, you know, they're creative for, you know, in many other ways. So why not be creative in how they practice their art? So, um, I think in some ways, I think that um, although nobody would wish to have this situation, that people did respond in very creative ways. And for me personally, um, the tolls of last year would be on an emotional level. Um, my dad is 91. And luckily, thanks to vaccines, we are now seeing each other again, which uh -huh. is great to wow. go visit him. The same with both of my daughters. They are adults. They don't live here. But to be able to see them again is great. However, it's still not as easy as it used to be. So that's challenging. 
I used to work a lot in public spaces. There are a couple of really amazing cafes here where if I wanted to, I could just take my laptop and go work there. I miss those sorts of things. Um, but I also am grateful that 2020 pushed me in the direction of podcasting and the podcast was released early in 2021. So the it's, you know, there are mixed things about 2021 for sure. So uh, how did the school handle uh, dealing with the pandemic? Because driving from Oakland to San Francisco is enough of a, of an adventure without having to deal with the pandemic as well. Yeah. Um, well, so I teach at the Academy of Art University. I teach film editing or well, video editing. And like most schools, initially they went completely remote. In fact, they went remote early because the Bay Area did, um, did shelter in place very early. And um, they are now finally getting some on-site classes back. This last semester, there were some in a few departments, but now most departments are having some on-site classes coming up in the spring. Uh -huh. um, it was a huge adjustment though. It was a huge adjustment. I already taught an asynchronous online class. So for me, there was not that much of an adjustment, uh -huh. but all the classes that had formerly been on site were now on Zoom. And it is really hard to teach a lot editing. of these art classes on Zoom. Well, editing, it's exhausting to teach it on Zoom, but it's, you know, you're going from a digital editing platform. So you could you could argue that it's more possible, but other people were super creative. How do you teach uh -huh. acting on Zoom? How do you teach, you know, sculpture? How do you teach live drawing? How do you teach a lot of these landscape design, a lot of things? that you might normally depend a lot on, you know, being there. Um, one of the ones in our department that was amazing was the drone video making, because that's something that you really can't translate <laughs> to online, but they kept it up. So again, a lot of creativity there as well. And my hat's off to anybody in any place who taught over Zoom these past uh -huh months and years. It is not easy and it's very tiring. It's very <laughs> exhausting. So the drone class would be fun because you could make assignments. You could do it based on assignments, assuming that everybody that has a drone in the class knows how to fly it. Then you could just make assignments and come back and, you know, share screen basically. Yeah. Although they, they teach, um, there are a lot of FAA regulations that they yeah. teach. And I think most of the students in the class didn't have drones. And I have not, we haven't had a, we'll have a faculty meeting in the spring where I'll hear from that instructor how things went. But um, I think, especially starting in the fall, there were a lot of sanctioned field trips where they could all meet outdoors, masked, and still have the class. Oh, cool. Yeah. That sounds nuts. Frisco with its weather, San Francisco with its weather is a great place to have those kind of meetings. We do have a comment that I'd like to share with you. Deborah Rogers Cooper, who you may Aww. know, says she loves your, your podcast. They're interesting and informative, and she has a variety of guests. So I do you. know Deborah, and I appreciate her so much. Beyond her praise of my podcast, I appreciate her very much as a human being. So thank you, Deborah. Shelly? Uh, 
<laughs> getting back into uh, the last year and some of the people that you've interviewed on your podcast. Um, what do you find is uh, maybe an underlying theme with all of the people that you've interviewed during season one, which mm -hmm. was 2021? That is such a great question. And it's interesting that you asked that because I've thought a lot about themes and I have, um, I'm going to use some of the themes that kept coming up in season one as a way to sort of give um, season two a little bit more structure. And, um, you know, people talked a lot about the body, you know, your body can inspire you, your body can surprise you. Um, there can be health changes, health challenges, which can push your practice in a certain way. So I am going to have a section in season two that um, artists are grouped by that theme, the body, um, family, you know, what the things we all bring a lot from our family of origin, and that will definitely influence the type of art that we do, um, home our connections to people, places that make us feel at home, um, losing a home. Those are all things that um, came up and that people do work around. Um, community. We all need community, even if we don't feel like we do. It's sort of one of our most valuable things we can have. Um, and then the self. And that sort of has to do in this area of working through something where you feel like you sort of move into, to take your phrase from earlier, your authentic self. And I would say all of my artists could be in that category, but, you know, there are a few people who really fit that because they're kind of hitting their stride as artists by working through issues around their own identity, imposter syndrome, those things that we all deal with really so i've always felt that the, the uh, bay area has a different kind of creative energy uh, very mm -hmm. different from from say uh the creative artistic energy that you find in new york uh but i've always imagined that as a visitor i've never actually loved, although i did have an apartment in uh what was that red red wood redwood shores um but I wonder, as long as you've been there, what's what do you feel is the difference between the creative energy in San, in the Bay Area, mostly San Francisco, and other areas that you've visited? That is such a challenging question, <laughs> Toby, because um, I actually I don't I don't want to come on sort of saying that I think there's anything necessarily special that people are doing here in the Bay area that other people are more special. I guess I don't want it to be a rating or a hierarchical thing. And that's why I use the word different. Yes. Yes. Well, different is a good word. And I think that um, the Bay area is really a place traditionally where people can come and find themselves and perhaps be themselves in ways that were not so easy in other places where they might've grown up. And, um, you know, no matter who you are, what you're doing, 
you will find someone more eccentric, more eccentric than yourself. And I say that as a compliment to whoever that is, who's being eccentric because they, all of us by our eccentric eccentricities give each other freedom. Uh That's what I value about the culture here. It's changing a lot. And, um, You'll you'll probably if you listen to my season two a time or two when I'm speaking about home and things like that, you might hear me talk about how the Bay Area is changing. But um, you know, for me, it's home. For me, what I value about it is this sense of freedom that no matter what you're doing, it's all okay. So, what is it? Uh, that in listening to your podcast, you expect your listeners to come away with after having listened to your podcast? Mm, That's a really good question. I mean, one thing that I hope people come away with, I mean, I hope they enjoy it. I hope they feel interested and inspired by the artist. But I also really feel that all of us, whether we're artists or not, we need to find um, practices that kind of make us feel present and in our bodies and bring us joy and also help us to work out some issues, whether it's around the self or your body or you know your home or your family. And one thing I really value is that I know a lot of people who aren't artists who do have these practices. I mean, my partner is a whiz with houseplants and watching him take care of these plants, I almost feel like I'm getting a hit off of that practice of his. So I don't think you need to be an artist to come away with this idea that whatever practice you have that makes you feel grounded is valuable. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that. And I'm hoping that sometimes if an artist is struggling with issues that the listener is struggling with, that hearing their story is going to also be helpful. Mm-hmm. Shelly? Well, I have a friend who is a performing artist. I And uh, Toby has a couple of grown children who are artists who produce a physical product. One of our audience members, Davio, is an artist who... Uh, produces a physical product, paintings and such. And um, how can artists uh, utilize podcasting to promote their work? And uh, how does it differ between a performing artist and a uh, artist who produces a, a physical product? Oh, that's a great question. And I'm not sure that I have the expertise to necessarily answer that. But I do think that regardless of the medium, that the origin story and the motivation and the meaning behind the art is always going to be something that people are interested in. And I think that whether you're producing something like a physical product or whether you're performing, that there's so much of a backstory of yourself that goes into both of those things. And um, when I think about podcasts I've done, I've done them with, you know, a printmaker, I've done them with actors and they both 
shared such inspiring stories about what their art means to them. And that's what people who are listening to their podcast are going to want to know. Again, I'm going to go back to your idea of authenticity. People love to hear stories. And that's what people are going to connect with is your story around your art. And that's going to, that's going to create value for them in the art that you produce. So I don't know. I, I don't make, I don't do either of those arts. So, uh -huh. um, well, I guess I, I guess I make products, but not like a, you know, ceramics or a painting or something like that. But that's, what's a value to me hearing stories from artists. So uh, Shelley mentioned that I have my two oldest uh, children are both artists in the Spanish colonial arts, one a tin craftsman, the other a retablo artist. They, their degrees are not, uh, one's an architect and the other is a um, aeronautical engineer, mm. uh, but they ended up artists. And then when the pandemic hit, they uh, at first struggled with it, but before long, they started taking advantage of their online presence, both in terms of their stores and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then up and through that, we ended up in a conversation. I ended up in a conversation with them about what we do, live streaming to podcasting to blogging, etc. And my son, who's a uh, not a he's a uh, untrained musician, and it's not his living, but he's a very good guitar guitarist and vocalist. Thought, well, that's where that fits in with podcasting. And I said, no, because I've heard both of you tell stories about what you do. The traditions of your work go back to the 1500s. Mm. And you have stories all along that, especially with your, uh, your not me, that particular gene went right through me. And But my mother, uh, their grandmother, their grandfather, their great-grandfather, they have all these stories. And I would love to hear them in a podcast, uh, if not telling their own stories, uh, inviting artists uh, that do similar work in the Spanish colonial arts to tell their stories because they're always interesting about how they started it and what they do. Uh, they, they're, they're amazing stories about how they, you know, it has a religious component to it because that's where it started. Mm. Uh, and not all of them are religious, uh, but they do it anyway. And they take some, um, uh, you know, something that's spiritual for them away from that, even if they're not religious. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about your 2022. So we thought by now we'd all be done with the pandemic and we're not, and who knows how long it's going on. I think they're, they're past predicting how long it's going to go on. It's going to go on until it decides not to go on. Right. Tell me about your, uh, your 2022. What are your plans? Uh, you mentioned it's good. Your podcast going to change a little bit, but let's talk about that for a, a little while. And then when we're done with that, I'm going to take people over to your website so we can talk about that. But What's your 2020, how's your 2022 going to be different from your 2021? Uh, well, I'm stepping back from my day job just a little bit. I'm still going to be teaching, um, but slightly less because I do want to put more time into the podcast. I've already started recording. I've got a lot of people recorded and my whole January break is just full of appointments to record people. And um, I'm also really opening up to who is coming on the podcast in terms of how they arrived in their artistic practice, because that journey is really interesting to me. So, for example, the very first person that I interviewed 
who's going to be on in season two in February, is an immigration lawyer named Tamina Watson, who, because of the intensity of her law practice, began uh, photography and um, illustration practice. And it's really grounded her and it's brought her joy, which she needs because otherwise her life was just sort of at this volume all the time. So um, she's another person. I also have recorded a woman named Vanessa Willow, who is Ojibwe. She lives in Canada. She is a breast cancer survivor and she was given a little gift bag with canvas and paints as a way to paint about her feelings after her radiation treatment. And her painting has just taken off. It's beautiful. Um, I learned so much from her. It's in the woodland style, which I had not heard of, but it's a particular um, indigenous Canadian style of painting. And um, her, her paintings are everywhere now. They're in Canada, they're in the US, they're in Europe. And either she's commissioned to paint them or she finds a cause and she gives a painting away. Um, so that is one thing I wanted to include in 2022 are people who came through art as a direct way to heal an issue in their life. But there's still going to be a lot of people who have been, at, you know, artists their entire professional lives and, um, a lot of filmmakers as usual, because that's the community where I have my ear to the ground. But this is all starting in 2022. I'm still trying to figure out if I have the capacity to release an episode once a week or bi-monthly as I do now. And I don't know yet, to be honest. It depends on how many I get completed before that season two window starts. Um, and then, I mean, for me also, 2022 is going to be about continuing to venture out. I mean, I feel like really for the, all of 2020, I hunkered down and that that was challenging for my personality. And so Learning to be myself in a mask, that's challenging. Um, feeling comfortable flying, all of that stuff, that's challenging. But I do feel like, since you said um, so accurately, Toby, that we don't know how long this is going to last, I feel like 2022 is just part of an exploration on how to live safely in this pandemic reality. Um the other thing I'm doing is that I started a newsletter. And if you want to be on the newsletter, you can go to my website. I would love for you to sign up for the newsletter. I do introduce the guest on the podcast, but I also take, um, I take submissions for the newsletter of other people writing little um, sections on it. The first one I, I put out was about grieving. And I had this wonderful podcaster named Sarah Davis, whose podcast Breathing Wind is about grief. She wrote a little piece about grieving on the newsletter. Um, the next one that's going out is has a piece about the joys 
of being single by my cousin, Tiffany Braden, who was on the podcast last season in episode three. And I would love to just have the newsletter be a place where it's not just a repetition of what's being released and the show notes from the podcast, that it's also something that people could find value in or just entertainment in from other contributors. So on my website, little tab says sign up for our newsletter. Well, let's go there. I was going to give Shelly, Shelly, I know Shelly has a couple of other questions. I was going to wait for that, but let's, since you brought it up, uh, let's take a look at your website and uh, I've posted your website address in the uh, chat room. Mm -hmm. So you can take that link and go and visit uh, uh, the website. But I want uh, Pam to describe it to us. I'm going to take this down. So we're on your homepage. You did mention that on your homepage, there's a description. You've also got, oops, I'm going to be over here to do that. Um, kind of a description of the podcast, description of yourself. You have all your episodes listed as well? All of my episodes from season one. I've I've released a couple of bonus episodes which are not on the um which are not on the website, but um for those who are following me, they've gotten those bonus episodes. Yes, there's my cousin Tiffany. You just go there she is. Nice. Um, yes, I love her so much. Um and yeah, everybody on there. All of these artists are people who inspire me so much, really and truly. I just, when you scroll through the photos, my heart is like sort of pumping a little more warmly because <laughs> I really love all of these people and I love the work that they're doing. And they're all amazing storytellers about themselves and their work. So you are communicating with a visual medium. It looks like you're using Zoom and then turning that into the podcast kind of like we do. No, I don't. And a lot of my guests are much more comfortable. I, I use... Without the camera. Right. And I actually, I do want to give a shout out to um, Squadcast. I just switched to using them. Um, Zoom has been a great tool these past two years, but because of internet connections, it can be a challenge. And um, Squadcast has been much easier in terms of getting good quality recordings. And they also create videos, but a lot of my guests are not on board to be. Uh -huh. they're, they're on board for me to use a screenshot or little snippets of the podcast, but they're definitely not on board for me doing any kind of streaming. But that could change too, or I could do bonus episodes with people who are. It's, you know... Since I'm an independent podcaster, I can pretty much decide what mm -hmm. I want to do in the future. And and for those of you uh, that are thinking about starting your own podcast and don't want to go the video route, the the uh, video conference route, uh, there are products out there. I, I hadn't heard of Squadcast, mm -hmm. but uh, TriCast and Riverside.fm that are very specifically oriented to the interview style of podcasts. They also provide you tools for editing and publishing your podcast. So you don't have to go with the live streaming option if all you want is a podcast. And as Pam said, some of your guests just aren't comfortable with the visual component. Uh, so there's lots of things out there for you. All right. Let's go and talk about your newsletter for just a second. If people want to register for your newsletter, there's a link on the website. You have to click this box to prove that you're not a robot. Yes. Which, 
No that's, robots, please. Although that's a robot asking you to prove that you're not a robot, by the way. Well, so all you have to do is enter your first name, last name, and your email address. I'm sure Pam's got it set up so that you'll get a confirmation email saying that you uh, decided to do that. What yes. can they expect to see uh, with your newsletter? Well, as I said, the next one coming up is um, a wonderful guest essay from my cousin, Tiffany Braden, who, because she's young and beautiful, is constantly being asked, why aren't you married yet? When are you going to have kids? When are you going to settle down? And the last time we spoke by phone, I didn't, I wasn't that hard, but I did do the annoying, how's your love life? Are you seeing anybody? <laughs> and we had this really great conversation about how those just aren't her goals. And not only are they not her goals, she is actually living one of her goals, which is to be single without children being able to spend her time and her resources in ways that are completely um, fulfilling to her and that she doesn't have on her checklist, find someone, settle down, have children. So I asked her to write that for me in the newsletter because I just, I just think that's very helpful for young people to hear, you know, or actually not just young people people of any age. I was going to say, I'm exactly there. I don't have any plans to get married, have children. And... <laughs> of course, you've done it all, though. <laughs> it's a slight difference. Yeah, it's... So I do want to show uh, one more thing on your website, and that is uh, the courtesy in um, Pam's case of uh, publishing a press kit that comes in PDF form, so you can download that mm. in case you need more information about her work. And also, if you need to contact her, there's a contact us button that you can use to reach yes. out to her. Okay. Yes. So, and I would love for people to contact me. I do um, have engagement on social media, but you know, I'm an old fashioned believer in email. So if you want to contact me, please go to the website and feel free to reach out. And, and we're with you on that. We do have, um, uh, for example, we use Podmatch. Uh, to get prospective guests to engage, but we always end up talking on email and right. uh, and because that enables us to expand the conversation before we actually get to. Right. So I've been dominating here. I'm going to turn it back over to you. Okay. Well, Pam, I heard you say that you're stepping back from teaching to focus on your podcast. Uh, are you going to in any way replace that income through your podcast? Are you looking at monetizing? And if so, how do you plan to do that? Oh, that's a great question. I am always thinking about monetizing. I just um, am not sure that I've gotten very far in terms of what feels right for this podcast. Um, but the other thing that I didn't mention is that I do have some things coming up um, in film that are going to replace some of that income and which I really, really need to make the time for um, January 22nd. There's going to be a screening of one of my previous films in San Francisco with a panel discussion. Oh. Um, and then in um, the spring, I was I got a grant from the city of Berkeley to do a public art video installation. And um, that's another thing that I need and want some time to devote to, to get that going, find a place, which has not been easy. But um, so Besides the podcast, there are some other there are some other revenue 
things that are going to help. And then I also really need time to do them. So it sounds like the transition to a life of an artist. You know, I, I'm going to just leave that out there as an aspiration. You uh -huh. know, that's, that's, um, I think most of us who work creatively would love to make a living 100% from our work. Uh -huh. Um, and I, I don't want to bash teaching. It's been very good to me. Um, but yes, that that's always the thought in the back of my mind is, huh, how to create more revenue from these creative projects that I love. Uh -huh. Do you feel that uh, the podcast is going to eventually help you to be found and to be seen as an expert in your field so that maybe they'll call on you more frequently for speaking or doing art installations and, and work of that sort? That's a great question. Um, my previous film got me a lot of speaking engagements. It's um, It features both um, the artist Mildred Howard, who's going to be on season two as well of my podcast, um, and housing issues in the Bay Area, specifically Berkeley. And um, that that really enabled me to do a lot of speaking and um, accompanying the screening of the film. Um, and it remains to be seen if the podcast is going to help with that. I love to speak, you know, it's um, because it's such an exchange. It's not just you putting your podcast out there you get to create a product, but then you also get to sort of hear back. And I, I never have gone to a screening and not learned something pretty important from audience members, what they say. So I do love the opportunity to hear a response. It's not always in agreement with what I've put out there in my um, production either, but it's always valuable to hear that. Well, that's all I have for today. Is there anything that you'd like to touch on that we didn't get to today? Uh, well, again, mostly I just appreciate so much what you're doing. I know that you have been highlighting a lot of um, midlife career changes uh -huh. for people, and I appreciate that so much. I'm not, I'm not of the younger generation, I'm not a millennial, I'm not a Gen Z, although... I learned so much from them. They are real powerhouses, which who inspire me. But it's really nice to find a place to be able to talk as someone who's coming to a career change later in life. Uh -huh. So I just appreciate that you're giving me this platform. I really do. Well, uh, we hope that it's helpful uh, to you if for no other reason to use as a promotional tool for yourself. Um, when it comes time for you to make, as I suggested earlier, that uh, transition, we're big fans of the older generation, uh, and it's not just because of it as well. <laughs> and it's not just because we're members of it. We uh, like seeing them uh, uh, with that desire to continue doing something rather than just. I used to say, sit back and the busiest you get is to play shuffleboard. I, 
which I've never actually played, but I use it as an example. But I'm always interested to hear what they have to say and what they have to think, what they've been thinking about, just because it's always new and innovative. And I think the tools that we've uh, that have become so popular in their utilization over the past couple of years as a result of the pandemic will enable them to do that. You know, mm. they don't have to be afraid of live streaming or, or uh, podcasting or blogging because the tools have made it so easy. Shelly and I, she may have told you, we teach a week-long course, basically, on how to go from not knowing anything about any of these new communications tools to being adept at using them to promote yourself. So, Oh, that's fantastic. I, I, love, I would love if you would send me a link to that. We will. We'll, oh, yeah. no, it's a face-to-face -face course. No, but like where I can find out more information because, mm -hmm. you know, I can podcast, but blogging intimidates me so much. And I'd love to blog. I love, you know, but I, I have no idea how. Well, uh, the, the course we teach and, and the uh, program that we implement is based on leveraging your content. Uh, so taking a live stream and turning it into a podcast, a podcast into a transcript, a transcript into a blog. Uh -huh. So that because uh, Shelly and I have this conversation all the time, I, I, I believe there are two kinds of communication people in the world, one as a writer and one as a speaker. Mm. I'm a speaker. I, have, I don't have the patience or the tolerance for writing. Mm -hmm. Shelly can sit down and if I say we need a script for this, she can write it. Um, but so each has their strengths. But if I can speak into a microphone, I can take, and we have the tools now to turn that into a transcript. And then all I have to do is edit the transcript. And I have more than one blog post, actually. But Right. Very cool. So we can feel free to set up some conversations so we can just talk about it. And there is a free training on our website. If you just go to agkmedia.studio, um, the very first button you see, you click on it and it takes you right to that free training. So anybody out there who's interested in more information, you can do that. Yeah, that's a great training. Mm -hmm. All right, what okay. else you got? That's all I have for today. Any last words, Pam? Any last words? Um, I hope people will listen to Art Heals All Wounds and... I also hope that you will let me know what you're thinking. I've gotten so many guests who reached out after hearing the podcast and I'm very open to feedback. So would love to hear your thoughts. We, we look forward to it. And I have posted that uh, website address uh, in the chat room um, again, so that you have access to it. Uh, go visit the website. You'll have a lot of information from Pam uh, there. All right. Well, uh, we want to thank you, Pam, for being with us today. Uh, once again, we met Pam through the Sheet Podcasts conference. And next week, we will be hosting another uh, young woman that we met at the conference, um, Tiffany Kane. Who, Yay. Uh, she does the live Love and Life After, after Divorce, Divorce. Yeah. Uh podcast and she'll be here next week she's very active on instagram mm -hmm. i uh, maybe she can teach us something she about followed that. <laughs> she followed me on instagram and i followed her back and she does live stream she does a lot of it it's not just a photographic thing for her mm -hmm. she's very mm -hmm. adept at mm -hmm. instagram so we have much to learn from her. all right well that sounds wonderful all right so uh goodbyes before i go to outro Thank you all for being here today to learn more about Art Heals All Wounds with Pam Uzel and Messages and Methods with Shelley and Toby. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Pam, thanks for joining us today. 
Thank you both so much. Thank you for joining Messages and Methods Livecast Life 2.0 hosted by Shelley Carney and Toby Yunus. Please subscribe and leave a comment or question, and we'll consider your ideas for future shows. Share this podcast with your family and friends so they can learn about current digital marketing practices, too. Check the show notes for links and resources and please come back again next week.